going to introduce you the lovely Harmony. Harmony um, is Andy's wife, and she oversees the worship and the prayer in Belfast City Vineyard, but she also oversees worship and is the director of worship for the Vineyard UK in Ireland, which is amazing. Wow. I definitely was a lot more impressed by that, but that's okay. Um, Harmony is absolutely amazing. I heard Harmony, I think it was a couple of years ago at NLC Speak and Lead Worship. And when I say that you're in for a treat, you're most definitely in for a treat. She is absolutely wonderful. So if you could raise your feet and give her a, a good welcome. Please welcome Harmony. Well, I was just relieved that it wasn't Ali doing the welcome because that was uh, really fun earlier, but I was really glad it wasn't me. I, where is Ali? Where are you? I said to her, I said to her um, I'm never going to let any of our staff anywhere near you. I'm going to tell them if Ali ever phones our office, don't talk to her. And do you know what her response was? Quick as can be, she said, don't worry, I'll use a different name. <laughs> she is frightening. <laughs> um, well, it is such an honor to be with you tonight. Um, I love the title of this conference. Andy said that as well. It's really why we're here. It, it is you as well. But the title of the conference is like, how could you say no to that? Um, and I love that you are asking this question, how do we make room for more in worship? This is an incredible community. You, you're this home, you're amazing. And you have amazing leaders, really amazing leaders. God is doing something really special in this place. Are you aware of that? Good, good. And it's such an honor to get to spend an evening looking at this question of making room for more in worship together. I'm really excited about our time together. So is it all right with you if I pray? It helps me focus. I get a little overexcited and go off on tangents and things, so... Um, and I'm scared of Ali, so I need to pray, pray, pray for peace. Um, Holy Spirit, would you come? Holy Spirit, would you lead the way in this conversation on worship? I thank you for what you're already doing here in this community. And I pray that tonight you would fan the flame that's already burning in this place for worship, for the presence of Jesus. We just say that we're not in any hurry tonight to get through a talk, to achieve anything tonight, really. We don't need to perform. I have no intention of performing. We just want to hear you. We want to know you. So would you adjust the frequency in our ears, Lord, to hear your voice? just a bit clearer, 
just a bit more confidently to know that it's you speaking to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start by telling you a little bit about my story with Vineyard Worship. Apologies if you have heard this before. But um, I went to university in Chicago, which is where I met Andy. And um, I was invited by someone who's very popular in university to this small group, so I went. I wasn't at all interested in the small group. I just thought she was really cool. So we went to this small group, and I walked in. I, didn't, I don't know that I really had paid attention to the fact that it was a vineyard small group, but we, I walked into this room, and the atmosphere was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And it was just kind of a dingy room, and a guy on a kind of an out-of-tune guitar. He wasn't an amazing singer. Um, there was no lights, no big band, no stage, just really simple worship. But that encounter with Jesus in that moment absolutely changed everything for me. Truth be told, I was a little bit freaked out because I started weeping and wailing and I didn't know what was happening to me. Um, I was freaked out because it was so powerful. And because of that, I did try and run away from it for a while, but it was impossible to actually stay away. I was totally hooked. And uh, then one day, I found myself at the mothership of this small group, the Evanston Vineyard in Chicago, and oh my goodness, what a crazy place. People of all different races and backgrounds, rich and poor, young and old, all worshiping together. And I was studying sociology at the time, so simply the race issue alone was enough. I was totally I was totally hooked on this. The diversity was incredible, never mind the sense of God in the place. What I absolutely fell in love with at Evanston Vineyard was the passion and the fire in the people for the presence of God. It was so evident in their worship. It wasn't what was happening on stage, really, that was drawing me, although that was cool, too. It was the people. It was the people. You. The community worshiping, people dancing and wailing and... One week there was somebody running up and down the aisle. I have no idea what that was about, but it was really interesting. And I had never seen anything like this in my life. And so I was a mixture of captivated and completely terrified. I loved what I was seeing, but I knew deep down inside I had this kind of sinking feeling that if I stuck around, I would be changed and that I couldn't just remain a spectator in that place. And that is indeed what happened. I couldn't I couldn't get away. And then I... Andy and I were together, and he was part of this vineyard thing, and it was just unavoidable. So anyway, I oversee worship for the vineyard movement, and um, if you go to our website, you'll see our tagline is, and it will come up on the screen as well, we are a movement of worshiping communities whose highest priority is the presence of God. And it's really because I was so radically changed by this worshiping community because of my encounters with Jesus, with the community at Evanston Vineyard, and now in Belfast, that I am so passionate about worship. That's why I'm doing what I do. I love a great worship album. Don't get me wrong. It's great. But what I find even more compelling than a great album is a great community passionately worshiping Jesus, just like you do here. I love a great sound system, a really great band, um, but it's the sound of the people's voices that really gets me going, the fire in our bellies when we worship, and just, you know, when the band sort of 
settled in those last few songs. I just loved hearing people singing. Um, we live in a context where worship is often seen as irrelevant, like my taxi driver tonight. Um, oh my goodness, we had quite a conversation. Um, and on the other hand, worship amongst us church-going people has become synonymous with lights and stages and sound systems. And I don't think any of that is inherently wrong or bad, but when it comes to this topic of making room for more, I think we need to be really clear what the more is. What are we making room for? And Andy talked about it already. Making room for more in worship is about making room for more of him. It's encountering Jesus that changes everything. More room for worship is about more room for him. We need more of him. And here's what I sense the Lord speaking to you, Lagan Valley Vineyard. He's inviting you to be a house of worship, a place where there is always room for his presence, where worship is always at the center, and the fire for his presence is continually stoked. It's easy to worship for a half an hour. Um, it's a whole other thing to keep that going year after year after year. One of my all-time favorite psalms and passages in the Bible, Psalm 27, I absolutely love it. We don't have time to get into the whole psalm, but I'm just going to extract a couple of verses in our time together tonight. So verse 4, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek. I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life, not a half an hour, all of the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. You may do many things as a church, but there's one thing that matters most, and that is his presence. I know that you will lead many people to Jesus. You will generate innovative ideas for the kingdom that are going to change the world. You're going to host dynamic conferences and events. I believe you will be and already are a center of excellence for many things. That's not a prophetic word. That's just an observation. You're already doing it. But those things all flow out, flow out of the one thing, his presence. And just as Andy said this afternoon, fruitfulness flows from intimacy, from remaining in the vine. One of the hallmarks of the vineyard of vineyard worship is intimacy. If you've ever been any around of the old-time vineyard people, I'm old, but I'm not that old. I never met John Wimber. Um, but you'll hear them talking about how they discovered, you know, as they gathered in the small groups and settings where they first began to worship with guitars. That was a big deal at one point, worshiping with a guitar. Um, but they discovered that they could sing not just about God, but directly to him. That was a big thing. That was a big thing. Let's not ever lose that. Let's not ever lose singing directly to him. I love you, Lord. I lift my voice. James has a great voice, and we love to hear him singing. But we all need to lift our voices. That's something I'm very passionate about, but that's another talk. So back to here. Um, so in, when, when they discovered this sense of singing 
to him, it was a profound moment in the, in the history of our worship. And I suppose that's what I discovered when I first walked into that vineyard small group. Jesus came really close, uncomfortably so. Um, I think the tears were like shooting out of my face. Um, that deep sense of knowing that Jesus really loves me and I experience it, I feel it. I don't just read about it in the Bible. I actually feel it and know it. His manifest presence as we worship him, that is such a special thing. And what we discovered when we, we've been building a church in Belfast for the past 16 years. Is that right, Andy? 16? Um, what we discovered while building a church in Belfast was this. We couldn't just put a sign up that said vineyard and expect that we would automatically, by default, have deep and intimate worship. Yes, intimacy in worship, deep place, that place of his presence coming close. It's part of our legacy in the vineyard. It's part of the vineyard DNA. But we actually had to own it. We had to live it. We couldn't live off of John Wimber's worship. We had to make it our own. It had to become our one thing. But the cost was high in this area, in this department. Um, and about nine years ago, Jesus began to take myself and Andy, well, first Andy, I'll give you credit where credit's due. Um, and Andy, Andy started this, this journey, and uh, well, Jesus started, and Andy just listened first. Um, and we began to discover individually, just personally, a deeper place of intimacy with Jesus. And we had some great mentors that talked about intimacy with Jesus. But again, it, it, it didn't mean anything until we started to live it out. And um, basically, Andy preached on intimacy with Jesus for about two years every Sunday. It was like a symphony with a variation on a theme every single week. And in that time period, we actually had people come to us and say, you guys talk too much about Jesus. In church, not outside of church. This wasn't the taxi driver. He was all right to talk about Jesus. In church, this was a problem. Um, but at that same time, um, there was also a lot of other things happening. And this little, this little story maybe gives a window into it a bit. There was a woman in our church who is very prophetic and had a dream about an unraveling tapestry. Um, she shared this dream with me one Sunday morning when I was about the size of a beached whale. I was very heavily pregnant and I had just, I was overseeing worship at the time in our church and I was still at the point where I was doing all the rotas. Praise the Lord, someone else does that now. I was terrible at it, but I had just put all the rotas together. It was all ready to go for me to go off on maternity leave and um, everything was nice and tidy and orderly and I was going to go have this baby. And so when she said to me that this unraveling tapestry dream was about worship, I was like, get behind me, Satan. This cannot be the Lord. Um, and however, it did turn out to be the Lord. Um, and essentially what happened was that the Lord took us apart, the unraveling, but he also put us back together again, both individually and as a community. He rebuilt us to house of worship. The thing is, we always had worship. We're a vineyard. Like, that would just be weird if you came in and there wasn't worship and it was a vineyard. Um, so we always worshipped, but it was one of many good things. It wasn't the one thing. And um, 
In that same period of time, there was a lot of other things going on. Andy's dad had just died. We had a new baby. I wrecked my back and I couldn't move. Um, people, some of them who are very core to our church and very dear to us, left and it was a very painful time. And all of that to say just the points we really felt like the devil was coming for our church. So it wasn't a pleasant time. It was very difficult. But the thing is, I would do it all over again now because intimacy and worship cost us something. It also means that it's very valuable to us now. It means something. It's not just John Wimber's legacy now. It's ours as well. And as I've prayed for you, oh, I put a little symbol here of a fire. Maybe this is important. Let's see if it is. Um, as I've prayed for you, I sense the Lord saying this, Dig a deep well of worship. Don't settle for the superficial. Don't settle for that which just comes easily. Dig really deep. You may hit some rocks and boulders and obstacles on the way, but keep digging. Don't give up when it's hard. Don't settle for anything but the purest of water. You have some incredible worship leaders here, don't you? They are absolutely amazing. When James has disappeared, oh, he's still there. That's good. I haven't offended you yet. <laughs> um, maybe embarrassed you, but um, no, you have some amazing worship leaders here. And, um, and yet, please hear me on this. It's not just the worship leader's job to go deep in worship. They can lead you to the water, but they can't drink for you. You are all worshipers in this place, and I've seen it here tonight. Each one of you can choose to worship at any given moment, in any given service or small group or anywhere. Each one of you can choose to make worship your one thing, your highest priority. That's how it works best, from the ground up rather than from the stage towards you. So anyway, here's a story for you to illustrate what I'm talking about. We have two services or campuses in Belfast. One is on a Sunday, much like what you do here on a Sunday. The other one is on a Friday, so we very cleverly call it Friday Church um, because it's church on a Friday. But it's geared towards people who come through our compassion ministry. And uh, you're very welcome to visit it if you're in Belfast on a, on a Friday at 1 o'clock. It's very interesting. It's, um, it's maybe not like a nice... Um, Sunday service that we're used to, but it has become a very beautiful community, and I have to give credit where credit is due. Our associate pastors, Alan and Lori, have pioneered something that is absolutely incredible with people that wouldn't you maybe wouldn't normally find in church. So anyway, two Fridays ago, I was in Friday church, and I love to go, not just because I don't have to lead it, that's a bonus, but also because you never know what's going to happen. It's very exciting. People like shout out in the middle of the service, and it's usually kind of smelly. And um, any, Anyway, I was really drawn to this African woman, and the thing that was interesting is that actually she was behind me. So I, I was like here, and she was over there somewhere. And um, I couldn't actually see her as we worshiped, but I knew she was there and I could feel her presence. And I couldn't actually hear her singing, but I could feel her spirit worshiping. It's hard to describe what I was experiencing. It, it was actually the coolest thing. And part of me wanted to just do this and just, you know, stare at her. 
Um, but I thought that probably wasn't a good plan. But I was just so, so, I was so moved by her worship. So I had a chat with her afterwards, and um, she told me a little bit of her story. She's an asylum seeker who's been waiting for three years to find out if she can stay in Northern Ireland. Three years just waiting around. Um, or she'll be sent back to what I believe is probably a living hell. Um, and that's still a possibility that they will send her back there. But after all she has suffered, she still worships. In a foreign land, in complete limbo about her future, she worships. In a style and culture of worship that is probably nothing like what she would want to do, she worships. Her worship from the depth of her being moved me so profoundly. There's another woman in BCV who dances during worship. If you have visited us, you will have seen her. She goes right across the front of church, just like right here. And um, week after week, she is relentlessly outrageous and extravagant in her worship. And she dances week after week because Jesus healed her, and now she can dance. She couldn't dance before. She physically couldn't. Um, does she offend nice, respectable people like me? Yes, absolutely she does. But does she challenge me? Yes, she does. When I feel lukewarm on a Sunday morning, I see her or I feel her as I have my eyes closed wafting past me. And um, I am reminded of God's power to heal. Uh, sometimes I keep my eyes closed on purpose. I'm just going to confess. Um, but... She, how, how could we shut that down? It is, it is her absolute joy and delight in Jesus um, that causes her to worship like that week after week. Both of these women that I just told their stories, they are atmosphere changers. Their choice to worship helps me, yes, me, pastor, choose to worship. Our worship in our church is different because they are in the room. Not on the stage, in the room. Are you an atmosphere changer? Do you know that you are called to be one? One of the things that we learned during the time of un the unraveling tapestry and the rebuilding of Belfast as a house of worship is that the enemy really, really hates worship. I'd kind of heard that somewhere and, you know, it was maybe in there somewhere, but I didn't actually know it. And I believe that James has done a... Sorry, James, you're getting picked on a lot. I'll, but where's Hannah? She could be next. Oh, there you are. Um, right. I believe, James, that you did a talk on worship as warfare. Is that right? As a weapon? Yeah. So um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe you can find that talk on the podcast. But essentially what I just want to say, and very briefly, is that the enemy wants you to be lukewarm. He doesn't want you to find your voice. He likes it when you get comfortable and apathetic. He loves to distract me and you from worshiping. He thinks it's great when we argue about the style of worship and uh, when we compare ourselves to somebody else who's more free than we are or when I judge the person who's dancing crazily in the front. That really floats his boat. Um, he will do anything that he can to take our focus off of Jesus. There was a guy who came to see me one day, and he wanted to talk about worship, and I could tell it wasn't going to be a good conversation. <laughs> it was going to be awkward. But here's roughly how it went. He says to me, I hate worship songs. I said, okay, um, can you give me an example of a worship song that you hate? 
And he thinks for a minute and he says, Hallelujah, your love makes me sing. Okay. Well, what does his love make you want to do? I thought that was quite clever that I thought to say that. That must have been the Holy Spirit. Um, But he just sat there and he looked at me. Blank look. Awkward silence. Didn't say anything. And so I just said, do you think maybe you should have a response to his love? That maybe his love should make you want to do something, anything. Sing, paint, dance, write, you know, shout, anything. Um, Anyway, it went on to be quite a a good conversation in the end. Um, But that's just a small example how we can get focused on the wrong thing. Who cares, in one sense, whether we like the style of the worship song or not? The focus is on Jesus. And I totally get it. I mean, there will be people in this room tonight who don't love the style of, the musical style of contemporary worship. I totally get that. I totally get that. We all have different tastes and preferences. However, the point is that the songs are simply vehicles, and the point of worship is Jesus. And yes, some vehicles are better than others, but um, the focus is Jesus. When his presence is the feast that we are gathering around, the worship becomes not about my own stuff. Um, but encounter with Jesus. And as I encounter him, particularly as I'm now 40, which is a big milestone, um, but as I encounter him um, year after year, it's, it's, it's interesting how I don't care as much about whether I get the songs that I want. And I think... And I think that's where I want to remain. I'm not saying that I am the most amazing worshiper. I'm just saying that's where I want to stay because I want the community to access the presence of Jesus. So anyway, distractions come in many shapes and sizes. And I suppose what I'm saying is be alert and aware of the enemy trying to create disunity in your worship, trying to take your eyes off the prize. And so I would just urge you, keep your focus on Jesus. More room in worship is about more of him, both in the gathered place and in the secret place. He is our focus. I think unity is a big thing, isn't it? That was something that the taxi driver was saying to me. Because, I mean, he would not relent. He kept asking me, what are you doing today? And then he says to me, what's this conference about? Oh, who's speaking at it? And I was like, okay, you're sitting with her. I'm speaking at it. And um, so we had this conversation, and then I reminded him later when I realized I was kind of preaching at him. I was like, you started this. You're the one that asked me questions. So, um, but, you know, once again, it's that thing of, well, there's this church and that church, and none of you get on. And he told me about this church split of a church in Dundonald, which is where we live. And um, and unity is a big deal, isn't it? And, and, I, and I got out of the taxi, and I thought... Like, what would happen in Northern Ireland if we actually really loved each other? Like, what would happen? I think it would be incredible. But um, the enemy loves to create disunity, and he loves to pick and poke holes, and he loves to get our worship. I believe you guys are really set up to have worship that does battle in Lisburn and um, sees breakthrough in this place and sees even unity across churches that wouldn't otherwise get along. So um, let's have another look at Psalm 27, the the very last couple of verses um, 
I love these verses as well. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Sometimes more looks like wait. I don't like waiting. But Jesus is inviting this community to be one that waits on the Lord, waits on his presence. Worship can look like inactivity. Why on earth would we stand around with our hands in the air when people are going to hell? A city is to be reached, teams need to be led, ministries need to be run. And here's the thing, it's not just your leadership's job to wait on the Lord. It's for your whole community is to wait on the Lord. Will you, all of you, be like Moses, who essentially said, this is my paraphrase, unless your presence goes with me, I don't want to go. Unless his presence goes with you out into the streets and into your workplaces, um, I guess, are you willing to wait? A couple of years ago, Andy and I visited a very prominent church in America, which is well known for its worship, and you all know now who I'm talking about, but we had quite a profound encounter, and I found it a profound encounter. Andy was completely undone. Is that fair enough? Yes. Are you able to speak of it, Andy? I would, wouldn't, wouldn't you like him to come and share? Yeah. If, if you could, that would be amazing. I think it will be... Um, even more powerful coming from you. Well, as I, I said in um, uh, the earlier session, I'm, I'm not the musical one and have always really wrestled with engaging in worship. And uh, part of that is me and upbringing. Part of that is my maleness, I suppose, perhaps. Um, and so have been on a, a real journey with that. And um, um, But actually, I was just sitting here... Uh, and you know, in worship tonight, and then just listening to Harmony speak, um, began to reflect on, I've had probably four or five times in my life where I've had like profound encounters with the Lord, like life-changing, four or five. And I think four out of the five were in worship that it happened. And this was one of them. We were uh, at, at Bethel, which was great. Um, and it was just a time for us to kind of re- to be rejuvenated and and rest, and uh, we were in their evening service, and uh, the worship was was going, and it was it was pretty good, you know. That's great, um, but I mean, you know, like it wasn't life changing or anything like that. It was just great, you know. And and uh, and then kind of the 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 atmosphere changed because we began to sing just out about two words. We began to sing out Hallelujah, come. And that, to me, really sums up vineyard worship and something I care deeply about. Because you're, with one breath, you're pouring out your praise to Jesus. But then in the next breath, you're inviting him to come and you're expecting to encounter him. And that's the heartbeat of vineyard worship. We give all we have, but we expect to encounter him and his presence. And um, you tasted that this afternoon and this evening when we worshiped together. Uh, and we sang that for a while, so I, it was kind of like I was, it, it had my attention, shall we say. And on the stage, um, uh, the woman uh, who was doing, I guess, uh, co-leading the worship, um, 
she began to like pace around the stage and waving her hands and kind of pacing around like a lion, like just, it, I was like, what's about to happen here? And then she just grabbed the mic and, and sang out um, something really simple that we then as a congregation sang for about 10 minutes solid, I would say. And uh, I think they've made it into a worship song now, like you could buy. But at the time, I think she was just singing out prophetically. And uh, what she sang out was this. She just sang out, you're worth the time. You're worth the wait. You're worth it all. You're why we came. And, you know, maybe it was one of those you had to be there kind of moments. But I haven't been the same since. It did something to me. It, it broke something in me. And what I think it did was just unlock a deeper place of encounter and worship. Or I just began to appreciate all over again at a different level the goodness of Jesus, the, the wonderfulness of Jesus, and that he... The he and worship of him was worth it all. And he is why I was there. It's why I'm here. It's why I'm in Northern Ireland. It's why I'm living the life I'm living. And uh, it was a powerful moment. Like I said, I, I haven't recovered since. And I actually think, again, as we were worshiping tonight and Harmony was speaking. I just feel like uh, you need to, as a community, as you're pressing in for more of Jesus in you and more of Jesus in your worship and more of Jesus in your city, you need to prepare for encounters like this, where it's not just a wonderful worship set, but where you receive visitation personally. And I, I believe you're going to be a community where this happens a lot in worship, where people come in off the streets and come in disconnected from faith or blown apart, or you're their last chance. You're, they're giving God a last chance, and it's on you, like no pressure, like, you know, one of those, like, I'll give this one more go. And they're, they're going to have a visitation from God. And it's because of what he's doing with you and your worship. You guys are going to have visitations of the Holy Spirit in worship, privately, in your small groups, and in your Sunday mornings. Where, um, And it might just be for you, but your, or it might be mornings and evenings where your whole community is just undone. And where people are healed, physically healed in the presence of Jesus, or lives are put back together. I just feel like you need to prepare for visitation as you go for more of Jesus in your worship. I was watching you worship, and I felt like the Lord spoke to me for you, that you're like a talisman for, for this. And I actually saw you um, walking through fields and raising your hands and like worshiping over fields and things changing. And then I also saw you worshiping over your business and things being rearranged and change. I just feel like you're a real atmosphere changer in worship, um, and I think it's powerful. 
So, Holy Spirit, more for him. And just whatever's happening with him, would it just spread through the whole community? And I, I think many of you need to prepare for deep, rich encounters with Jesus in worship. I think you also need to be prepared for a little bit of mess in worship. Maybe a little bit more than you probably have a little bit of mess in worship. Because it wouldn't be unusual for you to shout out. It wouldn't be unusual for you to to kneel or lay on the floor or raise your hands or anything like that. I just feel like the Lord is going to be visiting you. And just don't despise his presence. There's just something about worship where we can, you know, uptight people, religious people like me. You know, when people start dancing, I'm like, oh, there they go again. (laughs) Like, like... Ever since that encounter, like I know I need to drop the judgment and I know I need to take every opportunity to be in worship and to like seize it because it's precious. And so I would prepare for visitation and I would prepare for even a bit more mess. And maybe even you'll have some people walk out in offense, but that's okay. Because I, ha- I sense that you're a community that's just deeply hungry for more. And I believe as you've been crying out to him, he's going to answer. And he's going to be visiting you more and more and more. Because what's in your hearts for your city, like you need it. You need that kind of, you need that thing happening in worship. Because you're reaching for so much in your community and your city. And I said in my earlier talk that I believe that worship, there's nothing more formational or city-shaping than a radical worshiping community. Because what happens when you worship like this, when it's your one thing, you're changed and you're sent and you carry it with you into thousands of different interesting places that you guys go all week. And it begins to shape a city. So, is that okay? That was awesome. That was so good. That was so good. Well, we just wanna we just wanna invite the Lord after that, right? What else would you even say? I think we should worship together. And I think just just to, just to start us off here, maybe if you know if you are hungry for more, or if you have um, maybe just really struggled in worship and you really want to just start afresh or you want to just journey something with the Lord that you think is unique tonight, here's some lovely space. You don't have to dance if you don't want to, but feel free to come on up to the front. Um, Worship is costly, isn't it? It does cost, but it is so worth it. Why don't we stand? Jesus, we love you. We love your presence. Thank you for what you're doing right now in us. Thank you for that longing, that yearning that we experience for you and for your presence. And right now, would you go even deeper? Come, Holy Spirit, take us even deeper. Take us even deeper. Give us even more of a longing for Jesus.
just going to wait in the Lord's presence. You can feel his weight in the room. That's just, that's just him. So, Lord, would you increase your presence? We just wait on you. For many of you, the word I have is arrested. You've, you've like been you've been like arrested by His presence and love, and it's like you can't move right now. And that's like His love is drawing near to you in worship. His affection, His eye is on you. And this is like a, a, a just a deeper layer of intimacy for you as individuals and you as a community. And I'm praying that many thousands come through these doors and are arrested by the love of Jesus. But for tonight, it's for you. And so, take it. He loves you. And he wants to pour out his love and his mercy upon you. So just receive that. others of us who are like really surprised that he's he's going so deep and there's some places that we thought were untouchable in us or that we've locked down and for us he's going that deep he wants to go that deep so I would encourage you to give the spirit of God permission to pour his love into the deepest places feel like I'm supposed to speak out some things over you, just particularly for the men, but it's for anybody who wants it. If you feel, like I described earlier, a bit locked down or tongue-tied in worship, or should I be doing this, or I'm a guy, and this is hard, and I just release you in the name of Jesus to worship. And I just say, uh, tongue loosen. Like, there's for, for many of you, there's like been a dam between your heart and your mouth. And you've longed to express yourself emotionally, not just to Jesus, but to people. But it's like it's been locked down. 
And the Lord is like, he's blowing the dam. And he's loosening your tongue. And he's releasing you. So Lord, I pray for encounters right across the room where we're just, we're just freed. We're just freed. And we bless you to worship. We bless you in your own way. It doesn't have to be on a stage. You don't have to raise your hands or dance. We bless you in your own way to pour out your worship to Jesus. And I just call out the men here. May this be a worshiping community where the men play their part. Not that they dominate, but they play their part. So be released and be models of worship. Here, actually, James, come here. I know she said grab a guitar, but I just felt like, well, you're a leader, you can take it, so come on up here. Like I just felt like you've got a, you've got like a an exhortation or like a prophetic word for the community about worship, and it might just be like the desire of your heart to be released, not in a commanding, do this, I'm the worship leader way, but just. Like, I feel like there's something burning in your heart for worship that has yet to be released. And I think the community wants to hear it. And I think the Lord is prompting you. So is that okay? Or is that, have I had too much chili for dinner? Okay. Is that okay with you? Why don't you close your eyes? Holy Spirit, we welcome you. for you, Holy Spirit. Father God, we thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to step freely into your presence. Regardless of situation and circumstance, God, that you meet us more than halfway, God, you meet us where we are. And Father God, I pray that we would become a community that would step past our fear and our anxiety, Lord. Lord, would you liberate us right now? Would you set us free, Lord? Let freedom come. Let freedom come right now. God, would we become a community that would give our best worship on our worst days? God, would we become a community that would understand and realize the power that exists 
in our worship, God, that we can declare new realities, not in our own lives only, but over our city, Lord. So God, as you set us free, would you begin to set our city free in, our, in the moments when we gather to worship, Lord? I feel like the Father is saying and inviting us into a new season where we fully understand the, the weight of our worship. And that before we uh, step into situations and circumstances that the Lord is opening up our capacity and understanding of, of the power that exists within our worship. I feel like the Lord is inviting us into engaging with that on a daily basis. I feel like the Lord's inviting us to recreate our rhythms and our days and in our weeks to put him first, to sacrifice that hour in the morning or wherever we find that face-to-face encounters like in Valley are, are available to us that are going to mark us. Some of us are confused about what the future looks like, and it's in those moments as we create those spaces and places for the Lord to come and meet us face to face. He's going to um, reveal destiny to you, but unlock that in our city. God, would you help us find those places and spaces? now community do you receive that invitation do you receive it that was a brilliant word is there a yes in this house here yes and so we bless this community we bless you to be a responsive people responsive to your words Jesus and responsive in worship and we thank you for James And we honor him and we pray that you would increase his stature and his authority.
So we just want to bless you to be a house of worship. Anything that we have in worship, we just ask, Lord, would you put it onto them, a double portion? Anything that the vineyard has ever had in worship, we ask for a double portion on these people and this house. Would you be encountering them day after day after day? Would their worship be visible in the city? I just feel like there's things that your city is facing that can only be dismantled by worship. There are strongholds. It's like Jericho. The walls could only come down one way. So Lord, mark them. Mark them. In the weeks to come, visit them and mark them with the potency and power of your presence in worship. We'd love to just pray with any of you that want prayer, but just one last thing. I just want to pray that we, Jesus, would you break the fear of that visitation? I feel like there's like a, oh my goodness, what is that like? What is Andy talking about? Is that going to be really weird? Am I going to be that weirdo that's rolling around on the floor? We just break off that fear of the visitation. Jesus, you are gentle and kind, and you visit us in a way that we can handle. You don't give us more than we can handle. So I pray that any lingering fear would be replaced with excitement and hope. King Jesus is going to visit us. We are excited about that, expectant. We're not comparing ourselves to anyone else. We are in the presence of our King. So we bless you, Langham Valley Vineyard, to be a powerful house of worship, to dig deep wells to pursue rhythms with Jesus, just like what James said, that was dynamite. I hope somebody recorded that. And I pray that this place, Jesus, would be known for its worship. Amen. As I was sitting out there, um, I just felt God um, was saying you should ask God to give you the notes to sing to dismiss fear and embrace the freedom of praise and worship corporately and privately to celebrate together to encourage, cheer on and support those around us take joy in the voice that he has given you and shun the devil's will to silence you to submission. Just be loud and be you. And take that, take that voice back and speak out. Just one quick thing before we finish. Come over here. I gave this to Andy for him to share, but um, I felt like as we were worshiping. God gave me a vision for a community and rather than a specific person or a specific miracle 
Um, and it reminded me of like the intro to a Marvel movie where it had all the comic clips and like just the tons and tons and tons of um, different comic books and pages. And instead of obviously the superheroes, um, it was just an abundance of miracles. Um, and it was, I felt like it was God saying that we're going to do so many miracles as a community that it's not a specific person and it's not a specific thing but it's as a whole and as who we are and who we choose to be individually. Um, And at the end of the series, um, there was a man in a wheelchair and he was surrounded by people and he just stood up. And I don't even think that it was the fact that he was in a wheelchair. I feel that it was the fact that he stood up, that it could be anything. Um, He could be homeless, he could be blind, he could be disabled, but he stood up. And I feel like every single one of us can make somebody stand up. And I feel like God is just empowering our church and our community to do that. And so I'm just going to pray for us. And God, I thank you so much that we're here together. I thank you that our church is not just a place that we can go, God, but it is our family. It's full of our friends and it's full of people that we come to with the deepest things, God. I pray for more vision. I pray for more wisdom upon everyone in this room. God, I pray that right now we will become empowered. I pray that your Holy Spirit will just start such a fire in our hearts right now, God, that it will never be able to be put out, God, that your love and your life and your light will be so abundant in who we are, God, that we will set foot into the world, into our work, and out into this church, God, and we will represent Jesus. We will represent your love. I just ask for more and more of you, God, as we make room for more in our lives, God, more of you in our lives, Jesus. I pray that we will wake up every morning with a a new fire, God, and we will go to bed and that will not go out, Jesus. And I speak this over our lives and into our community. Amen. Thank you. Um, Harmony, that was terrific tonight. Um, I think I speak for everyone when I say that my mind's blown with what you called us to do. So, uh, Harmony, thank you for blessing us with your word. It was incredible. Um, So much in that. So I'll just finish in prayer. I just pray, um, as I started the night and I said about us being slightly frozen inside, that the foreign process has well and truly begun by this evening, that there's melting taking place in our hearts um, and that we're really feeling alive and fulfilled in where we've been called to. Um, I pray for the ice to be thawed outside. I pray for everyone to get home safely. Um, and I pray for Jesus, you to protect us on our journey homes and into our homes uh, where we're going to. And uh, amen to that.